everyone welcome to a new episode of the heart is a muscle podcast we got jordan james here with the one and only joseph what are we going to be talking about joseph today we are going to talk about some groundbreaking new philosophical work that jordan and i are putting together mostly jordan on the four kingdoms four intelligence centers that live within ourselves and how that relates to parts work and a little tidbit on how that relates to relationships. But this is some pure, solid gold, everyone. So open your ears and open your hearts. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. We are back. And I'm feeling a little bit more awake this time. I felt bad last episode. I was pretty tired and exhausted yo 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 dj chalky hits in the house oh what up dj chalky hits hey everybody this is uh the one and only joseph who's that over there jordan james jordan motherfucking james who is this person that asked the question (laughs) who am i (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole rabbit hole yeah well welcome everybody welcome jordan james we've got some delicious cups of seasonal tea yum 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 cheers cheers okay everybody buckle the fuck up because you're gonna learn something today that i think is gonna blow your goddamn mind it'll at least deepen you a little bit um because this is fresh off the press of jordan's mind yeah this is something really special you this is an exclusive your your screen is flashing exclusive. Uh, first time heard anywhere in the world right now. That's not true. No. <laughs> but it's like maybe like the fourth time heard. So it's not the beginning. Who's heard this before? Um, Parts Work Academy. And a couple of my one-on-one clients. Oh, man. So if, you, you. if you've already been on the Jordan James train, then you might have heard this before. But for everybody else who hasn't gotten on the train yet, who should, totally should buy a ticket, tickets are selling now. They're going like hotcakes. 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 Parts Work Academy coming in hot. Then yeah, Parts Work Academy. I don't know when this will come out, but for uh 500 bucks you'll get a six month membership next year yeah that is a screaming deal and this is going to be some of the stuff you're gonna gonna learn about so jordan james take it away take a deep breath yeah take a sip of tea yeah everybody out there and out in the world take a deep breath close your eyes and prepare your mind to literally blow out the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. Like, what I'm going to teach, when I, what I have synthesized here is just that. It's a synthesis of parts work, the modality of parts work, um, and the modality of the Enneagram, I guess, because it talks about intelligence centers. Um, it's, it's a synthesis of a few different modalities that I've learned of, of the inner world. And I think that while some of this might be new and novel, a lot of it is going to be really, really familiar. And you'll be like, oh, that makes so much fucking sense. Like, what did you say? It is, it's like the map that you overlay over all the dots that makes all the dots make sense. Like, oh, that's where all these dots are coming from. Like, that mm-hmm. makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. All right. First things first. 
everybody knows that the nature of the mind is multiple, right? Like everybody here knows that. Not everybody knows that, but well, give people a, a quick shakedown if there's some new listeners okay. of what what that means. Uh, okay. So what we're talking about here is parts, y'all. Everybody has a bunch of parts inside of them, and and those parts are doing their very best to protect you. They often have different opinions about what the best way is to protect you. So sometimes they fight with one another or quarrel. Um, but at the end of the day, every single part of you, uh, has a helpful intention to, to protect you or to keep you safe, to help you love and be loved. Their outcome might not be that helpful. A lot of my parts, their outcome isn't that helpful. Yeah. The way they express themselves in the outside world, this reality sometimes doesn't help. Yeah. Even, even inside some of the energies they carry, it's not actually helpful, but their intention is that they're trying to help. And in their mind, they, they think that they are being the hero and it's important to validate that. Anyway, that I digress on that. So, um, you are not one singular mind or one singular being. You got all kind of parts in there doing all kind of things, having all kind of conversations, trying to help you navigate your day-to-day life. Um, so that's where we start. That's the foundation of um, the inner world, really, is parts. Uh, so when we, if we bring this into relationship, like relationship, partnership isn't just one person in partnership with another person it is one uh whole ecosystem of parts in relationship with a whole other ecosystem of parts isn't that crazy to think about it is yeah yeah but it's so true huh Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah and and i'd also like to riff off of what i'm about to share with you riff off of that in relationships too just so you know so oh, like hella yeah if you let's remember this is ideas. the heart as a muscle podcast and uh we're all about relationships here so anything you say can and be used can and will be used <laughs> in relationship to relationships <laughs> <laughs> love that yeah um okay so here here is one way that we can categorize and work with our parts. So in the inner world, there's all kinds of different ways that we can um, categorize things and connect things to give helpful insights. This is one of them. Uh, I have come up with this myself, but like I said, I've taken, like nothing nothing is really new here. It's just synthesized. Um, So our parts... Or our being, our inner world, has four different intelligence centers. You can think of them, for people who like metaphors or fantasy, you can think of those intelligence centers as four different kingdoms inside of you or four different empires. Each one with its very own culture that can be very, very different than the others so much so that they speak a different language entirely Mm -hmm. some of our intelligence centers don't actually speak languages (laughs) Mm -hmm. so those intelligence centers everybody has them all four um 
the intelligence centers of your inner world are your mind, your heart, your body, and uh, what I call your essence, but you can call it whatever you want. IFS calls it your capital S self, uh, your spirit or your soul. Um, it's basically the, the divine in you. And that's actually not woo woo. This is one thing I love about internal family systems modality is um, how data-based the self is or how, how like data-driven the self is. Like everybody has it. Everybody has it. When our, when our three other intelligence centers, the parts of us that live in those intelligence centers can make some space in our body for self to come visit, self shows up. Even in people who have been so traumatized that there's no way that they should have the ego strength to be able to access the divine in them, self shows up. So uh, everybody has the intelligence center of the divine as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's your essence. I think it's who you really are. I think it's unique to you, your soul, your spirit. Um, okay, so there is that. Where do you think I should go from there? Uh, I think that's good. Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, <laughs> it's been a lovely evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so this may not seem that profound at like face value but maybe describe um some of the characteristics of these different cultures that live in your intelligence centers because i think that's for me that's where you really start to nerd out on like oh my god this this is like really powerful and like makes so much sense where you start to connect the dots where you you start to see like oh yeah like this feeling that i've I've had or this part that's been speaking to me, but I've never really been able to like talk to it or feel it or sense it. And it's because it lives here and like, Oh, that makes so much sense. And then you're like, if I view it from that point of view, then it opens up this like bridge of communication. Mm-hmm. It basically just takes for me. What I think is really profound about this is it adds another layer of um, structure exactly to the inner world like i said or the way that you alluded is you know parts can like if you've if you've ever tried to like map out your parts or make a list of your parts it kind of just is like this big cluster mm-hmm. and like some of them are close clustered close together some of them are on the other sides of the map but it's sometimes kind of hard to see like where do they all fit together mm-hmm. and like when you try and you're kind of like nah this isn't right and you mm-hmm. try again and you're like nah this isn't right Um, but viewing them from these intelligence centers helps to like, say like, and you, it's such, it's such an intuitive thing too. When you kind of stop and like ask that part, you know, you go inside and literally just kind of ask the question of like, Hey part, where do you live? And you kind of sit there and it's almost like an echo out of a, a cave or a hall comes back and it's just like gives you this this answer and you're like yeah that makes so much fucking sense and the more you know about intelligence centers the more you can under you, the more you can see where parts come from because the language that they speak and the things that they care about 
um, usually tells you where they're coming from. Yeah, you can kind of deduce where they come from. Exactly. And then once you can deduce which intelligence center they're in, you can know so much more about them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we haven't even got to the good stuff yet. Like, I think the good stuff is in actually breaking down each intelligence center. I was just kind of laying down the basic, basic framework. So, yeah, do you want to dive in? Giddy up. Let's go to the good stuff. Let's giddy up. All right. So, each intelligence center has different strengths and weaknesses. um, Or different, different things, like... Each intelligence center is good at solving different sorts of problems. And I think where we can get into a lot of confusion is when, especially our mind intelligence center, tries to solve all of our problems for us. There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of obstacles that cannot actually be overcome by the mind. There are a lot of obstacles that can be overcome by the mind. I love our mind. But our mind is the kingdom inside of us that focuses our attention. And so if our mind isn't aware that we actually have three more intelligence centers in here, um, or if our mind doesn't trust those intelligence centers, like how, how many of us, our minds don't trust our heart and vice versa, or our bodies or our minds are not even in our bodies, you know, or how much has your mind been trained not to trust exactly you know not to pay attention body. to anything else mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so a lot of this education is education for our mind parts to understand that there is more going on in here that they actually have more resources available to them than they even know and i think what's funny um a lot of the things that we associate with the mind actually doing like making decisions usually i think comes the root of what creates that comes from different parts of mm-hmm. of the system. Like mm-hmm. a lot of true decisions you make, I feel like come from your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they've they've studied like how do people actually make decisions, and you know the the theory was oh well most people are logical, so most decision making uh-huh. happens in the brain. And really what it is, is the brain usually synthesizes or kind of uh, puts things together, but then you usually act ra- like irrationally in like On a emotion. moment of like emotion. Yeah. I think and it's that, like yeah, 90 you, to 10% like mm-hmm. emotion versus like logic, mm-hmm. what most decisions are. And then you logicize it later. Yeah. <laughs> you make a decision off of emotion and then you like rewrite it so it was a logical decision. Right. Yeah. Because... For me personally, when I make just a purely logical decision, it's really unsatisfying. There's not, there's no dopamine behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no risk and no reward. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so true. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times logical decisions are s- kind of lame. Yeah, they are kind of lame. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk together about um, the strengths of the mind, like what the mind is actually really good at. So you mentioned logic. Mind is great at like seeing patterns and connecting dots and taking in like logical data and factual data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things, the way that I had kind of visualized the mind or how the the realm of the mind comes to me 
through my imagination, um, which I think your imagination is kind of the 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 building blocks of like what your mind are. Mm-hmm. Is it, it's kind of like a pantheon or like a big hall or a big uh, throne room or something like that where there's all these different doors or gateways or something like that. And that's where your parts kind of come and go to have conversations with yourself. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this, this kind of comes to me is that, you know, sometimes when you're kind of zoning out or there's nothing really going on, it feels like you're kind of in your mind is just kind of in this empty space. And then there'll be a voice that starts to talk to you. Or there'll be a group of voices that kind of start to talk and talk over each other or they'll start to argue or um, you'll start to question your thoughts or decisions. And, you know, it's always, you know, we kind of joked about this at the the beginning of the podcast of like, who is asking the question when you talk to yourself? Like in your mind, there's a conversation that's going on. Mm -hmm. Who is that? Mm -hmm. Wait. Oh, sorry. Go and ahead. like, where is that happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like so you have times where your mind is just blank or you're just kind of zoned out. Um, you know, it may not be blank. It's, it's like where the janitor's like kind of pushing a broom around and there's not <laughs> oh much going God. on. Oh my god! Wow, that's absolutely <laughs> fascinating because I I've just heard that the masculine has. Uh, I forget who coined this. It might be Alison Armstrong. It might be somebody. I think it was somebody else. But that the masculine has a nothing box. Like, because you, your mind is like compartmentalized. Um, the mind is great at compartmentalizing things. And so there's just a box inside that mind where, yeah, the janitor is pushing the broom around <laughs> that you can go in. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Oh, uh, it's so funny. I do not have that. I don't know if it, it, it's... It's it's not like... Uh, I'm able to achieve like pure void in my mind where yeah. I'm just like, oh, you know, like I have, um, you know, I've lost myself in nowhere, but it's kind of like someone left the window open and like the wind is kind of blowing through there. You can hear the ocean going or yeah, there's just a janitor kind of like, you know, washing the windows or something like that where it's a very, <laughs> wow, just nothing going on, uh, type of thing. Yeah. It's your nothing box. And, you know, a lot of that is when I feel like it can also be a state where like sometimes parts just kind of come and hang out and like watch what's coming in. They're just kind of like reading the ticker tape, mm. you know, when you're like zoning out and, you know, watching a movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. Or like listening to music or something. I think I get like that similar to when I play my game. I right. think that's why my parts love playing that game so much on my phone is because... Yeah, the rest of the distractions just don't really exist anymore. It's just simple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. Usually, otherwise, there's someone kind of up on the podium, like, <laughs> kind of either painting a scene or, like, playing out a play or, like, putting a putting something together. Mm-hmm. There's always, there's usually something going on. Someone's usually one part or the other. Uh, is kind of crafting something. Yeah. For me, in my mind, um, my mind parts are very interested in looking ahead. Right. They're, pl- they're they're usually like their eyes are out on the horizon about like what could happen, 
what might happen. Our minds can worry quite a bit. Our mind parts can worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is also the realm where like you can look into the past and like try to, mm-hmm. which is, this is one thing, um, like the mind is where memories are kind of like recreated mm-hmm. because, you know, memories are, are basically our imagination's best attempt to try and recreate something we experienced. You know, your memories are never like really truly accurate. Mm-mm. They're just your mind's best interpretation. Mm-hmm. Some of us have better, more capable minds of doing that than others. And sometimes there's just big blank spaces where you're like, hey, bring back that film from like two days ago. And the, the, the librarian's like, Got nothing here, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's in there somewhere. Like, nah, now nah, I'm looking. It's just a, it's just a bunch of dust motes in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So our mind is, um, yeah, really good at logical problem solving. It can drive outer action in terms of like, um, you know logically i want to get over there so in order to get over there i need to do this and this and this and this and this and then i'll get over there like the mind that the mind like creates structure helps create structure uh for the rest of your intelligence centers i think mm-hmm. yeah the mind is um i forget what else i was gonna say the mind is not great at understanding relationships (laughs) yeah and relational concepts Mm -hmm. the mind is not great at understanding the value of vulnerability uh it's not great at understanding the value of like empathy and compassion necessarily Mm -hmm. uh not always um it's just pretty it can think um in real black and white terms and we had kind of talked about how a lot of kind of protective and firefighting parts kind of live in the mind, right? Uh, I I think more manager parts live manager in the mind. Manager parts, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's an uh, internal family systems term. Managers, our managers are, their motto is never again. So like never again will this hurt happen. So when trauma happens to us or when something bad happens to us, a part of us kind of twists a little bit from that to say never again. Like I'm going to make damn sure this doesn't happen. So they're, that's part of the reason why they can always be looking out at the horizon because they're always looking for, you know, the things that we need to plan to, you know, if we can just impl- that the, the salvation fantasy of the mind is that if we can plan everything and get everything right and get everything certain, then we will never have to feel that pain again. Right. The the illusion of certainty lives <sighs> with the parts in your mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Our mind clings to certainty. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mind. That's the mind. That's the mind. The next really interesting one is the heart. Uh-huh. And I think one of the things that I th- think is really fascinating is that the heart doesn't speak in language. No. I, yeah, I don't think so. My my heart doesn't. Yeah. It speaks through like almost like an intuition or an emotion or some kind of energetic knowing. 
Yeah, sometimes my heart can speak in symbols. Yeah. And in metaphors. Mm-hmm. My heart really understands metaphors usually. It's like for me, the way I envision it is like when, um, you know, you, you try and hear how fantasy writers will sometimes describe how like wolves talk to each other. And mm-hmm. it's like through these kind of flashes of symbols and, mm-hmm. and thoughts and, and emotion, whatever, but yeah. it's not like words. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I find that that's how my heart communicates to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very emotional language. It's a very symbolic language usually. Right. Yeah. Our heart parts, the parts of us that live in our heart are so, so, so um, very natural at understanding relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, which simultaneously are, is, are parts that carry our attachment patterns are, are in our heart. Because our attachment patterns are relational patterns. Um, And so, uh, yeah, unfortunately, our heart kingdom is where we, is the capital of our anxious attachment or our avoidant attachment or our relational dysregulation. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is is stored in our heart kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But also our heart is, is responsible for keeping us connected connected to different parts of ourselves connected to other people connected to our essence like our heart is where connection happens Mm -hmm. and so if we're feeling disconnected it could be because we're not um as in touch with our heart Mm -hmm. the intelligence center of our heart right that our other other the parts in our other intelligence centers are holding the mic too long or trying to solve a problem that only the heart can solve. Right. But sometimes to sink into that heart, man, it's fucking vulnerable. It can mm-hmm. be really vulnerable to even let yourself, you know, surrender to, to realizing that, th- that you have heart parts, the whole heart kingdom and getting to know them more. Right. There's a lot of what you would probably call like virtuous aspects of, our inner world that live in the heart, like mm-hmm. vulnerability and courage, courage, bravery. Is a big one. Yes, those I think parts. honesty. Honesty, yes. The heart, the heart usually really values honesty. Well, the heart. Did we decide if the heart can lie? Yeah, I think I. The running theory right now is that our heart can't lie. Yeah, our the, mind can lie. The mind will can lie. Mind and often is slippery does. little suckers <laughs> in there. Yeah, right. but uh-huh. the heart. I don't think the heart can, like, knows what a lie is. Yeah, it just feels what it feels. Right. Yeah. That's the thing that I think this kind of gets into some of the connection of these two kingdoms of, like, the heart. And how many times, let's be honest with ourselves here. Let's let's reach into our hearts, people. How many times has our, your heart told you something and your mind has just been like, nope. Uh, probably every day, honestly, for me, probably every day. I mean, even when you feel sadness or feel like Mm -hmm. grief or something like that Mm -hmm. and your mind just overrules it and it's like, nope. Yeah. We got to go to work. Yes. So this is what (laughs) I love about this framework is it it can get you real clear about what your relationship between your mind and your heart are. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think there is a, is 
just kind of like the yin and yang symbol, there's a little bit of the feminine in the mind and a little bit of the masculine in the heart. But I think overall, the mind is more masculine energy and the mm-hmm. heart is more feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Not male, female. Not That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about like energies. Um, yeah, get it right, everyone. <laughs> no, I just, I just, for parts of you that are, or parts of our listeners that are like, wait a second, you know, like mm-hmm. I just wanted to, um, let them know I'm on, I, I'm on the same page as them. This mm-hmm. is something different. Um, because I, I think that the natural, the, by natural, I mean the roles that we were born with or our, or the highest expression of the relationship between our heart and our mind is that our mind provides our heart with proper containment mm-hmm. through yep. boundaries, through, um, you know, just clear logical thinking through just the presence of consciousness itself, you mm-hmm. know? And so our heart, when it feels like, when it feels safe with our mind, that our mind is going to provide good boundaries for it, that our mind is going to be good to it. Our heart can, open up wider to experience more of life, to feel more deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, because so much of, you know, that, that feeling of aliveness comes from, can come from our heart, comes from our heart a little bit more than our mind usually. Mm-hmm. And so if we're feeling stuck or dead inside, it's, it, I would point you to your heart. Yeah. And say, what is it trying to tell you that yeah. you're not listening to? Yeah. Um, and what parts of you are afraid of opening your heart more. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't start with just opening your heart. I would start with talking to the parts that are afraid to open it first mm-hmm. and build their trust. One last thing for the heart that I, I think was a really interesting thing was the heart is also a connection point for the inner world, right? Yes. So, so this is a theory that I'm, I'm still kind of flushing out, um, because I think that there's a connection like this inside of all of our intelligence centers, but one that was really, really clear to me is our heart. I feel like our heart is the biggest portal for us to experience our essence or the divine in us. I imagine the heart as like, you know, it's this whole city in and of itself. There is humanity in our heart. There are parts in our heart. There are parts that are holding our attachment patterns. There are parts that are wanting to connect that are not wanting to connect with others. So there's all kind of humanity happening. But like inside that kingdom, in the center of that kingdom, there is this temple where if you open the door to to the temple... Um, our self energy, our essence, the divine in us can just shine through, shine through big time. Because a lot of us, when we experience our self energy, our essence, we can feel it in our heart. It feels like our heart is really open. And I don't, I, I don't think that is our heart parts. I think that's our heart parts allowing the temple to be open. I think that's our heart parts allowing. Um, more space for our essence to show up and for our essence to, to yeah to experience our essence mm-hmm. and so i i think there is i think our mind has a portal into higher consciousness um mm-hmm. through our crown chakra mm-hmm. but i think our heart has the portal to our essence to the more relational aspects of the divine that usually is the one that 
that gives us the answers that mm-hmm. are most healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the heart. Next, we've got the body. The body. Don't forget the importance of body <laughs> language. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's so much that I love to say about the body, and um, it is the intelligence center that I'm learning the most about right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll just uh, I could I could start really practical and saying that the body, the strength of the body is pleasure. Mm-hmm. We get to experience pleasure in this thing that we live in. So yeah. so I view the body as this as a creature that we live in, like it, it has its own intelligence. Like, yes, it is the vessel for, um, our heart and mind and essence to exist in, but it's also more than just a vessel. It has a whole intelligence of its own. Mm -hmm. It is an animal. Like I think of my body as sometimes as like a little puppy, I call her sweet woman. Mm And, (laughs) And sometimes, like, if I go to the bathroom, I'll be like, oh, good potty, sweet woman. (laughs) Like, I really have let it make me this weird. But it's really, really cool um, because when I unblend from, from, like, being my body and realizing it's just one of my... one of my really powerful intelligence centers, like, then I can be with it. Then I can have a relationship with it. Mm -hmm. With her. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And... One thing I think the body also doesn't really speak in words, but it speaks in, what would you really call it? It speaks in like sensation. Yeah. It speaks in sensation. It speaks through movement. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can show you, show you images like flashes of images. Um, but sometimes not most of the time, not like that's, that's, that's the thing about the body language is that it's really subtle usually. Mm-hmm. And it can be really, really hard for other intelligence centers to understand. Yeah. Cause I think the body also just, um, I don't know how I want to say this, but the body I think cannot lie. It doesn't even really understand like Mm-mm. the difference between truth and false. It just knows exactly what it is because it's like part of this this reality yeah it's just experiencing what it experiences yeah it experiences purely what it experiences and usually where we kind of fall short with understanding that is because it can be a difficult language to understand Mm -hmm. because it's a very simple language sometimes yes it is it can be pain or it can be desire or it can be um aches or soreness or you know all these kind of things that don't really translate Mm -hmm. and aren't specific to a certain type of occurrence Mm -hmm. you know it's like if you had a language of 20 words and you had to describe like the mona lisa you're like colorful small happy Mm -hmm. and you're just like okay well tell me more and you're Uh like colorful (laughs) yeah small (laughs) Uh so yes and our mind has these or at least my mind has these research parts of like if my body shows a new symptom or something it's just on the internet like trying to figure out what the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah sometimes my mind has a hard time and you know it can even sometimes be um 
you know, kind of an intuitive thing where your body's just telling you like something's wrong. Yeah. You know, kind of, <laughs> I always thought this was a funny example, but you know, um, in old machines, sometimes they would just have like a warning light. They would just blink at you and you're like, I get it. Something's <laughs> wrong. What is it? And it's just like warning. Oh my God. That's exactly how my mind experiences my body. Yeah. Like, I don't know from the body's perspective. I wonder if the body is like, how much more specific do I need to be? Like, it should be obvious or, you know, like I wonder if the body's like, yeah, it know? can, it can kind of tell you which part usually, or like kind of which location and like, warning (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and yeah the your somatic parts or parts that get stored in your body um Mm -hmm. they i feel like they're kind of the first layer of parts that experience the world so they can hold really really deep experiences yes so deep like your body just experiences experiences it doesn't drive a lot of external action like unless you have your hand on a hot stove or something and it like pulls it like there's action based on instinct but like it it it's more of just like yeah experiencing the parade of sensation that is going across your vision every single second Mm mm-hmm and sexuality like lives in your body too. Yeah, huh? I I think our horny parts are in our body. Oh, hell I yeah. think I think we got even even like some rageful parts like deep rage. Yeah. I think a lot of that can live in our body. That can yeah. That can be in our heart, that can be in our mind too. That can definitely I'm be. I'm not saying all rage is in our body, but there's yeah. some, you know, like when when emotions just have a primal earthy Mm-hmm. like pull behind them mm-hmm. i think that's that is kind of a sign that they're in our body empire yeah all right yeah that's, that's the old bod the, well there are a couple things a couple more things okay. i want to say about the body that are important the, the the most important thing that i want to say about the body is that it can only exist in the present moment yeah mm-hmm. it literally it cannot exist anywhere else our heart and our mind can go back and forth in memories in the future. Like it can go to a whole different dimension. Like, like other parts have flexibility that our body doesn't, our body can only ever exist in this present moment. And that's why it's like an animal. Cause it's like, you know, a dog only lives, lives for this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And so when our minds, especially, but also our hearts are, um, trying to change this moment or not wanting to be in this moment or, or thinking ahead to the next moment and the next moment and the next moment, it sends the message to our body that this moment isn't safe to exist in. So like our bod- our bodies can't actually feel safe unless they are getting the message from our heart and our mind mm-hmm. that this is actually a safe moment to exist in. Mm-hmm. This moment's okay. We don't actually have to change anything about this moment. This moment's actually safe. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think that is the relationship that our other intelligence centers have always meant to have with our body. It's meant to be so good to our body. But like with the patriarchy, it has twisted our minds to objectify our body, to not see our body as 
um, this awesome creature animal that we're living in, this sensitive animal, to see it more as like a tool that will either get you more judgment or will get you more admiration. Um, and so like when our other intelligence centers just try, they, they usually wage war with each other through our body. So our, our body gets caught in the mix or they'll told like in my case, I totally dissociated from my body for a long time. I'm, I'm just in the middle of that journey back home to my body. Yeah. This is some of the things that it is kind of the, another powerful connection between these parts where shame the experience of shame like affects almost all of your centers but it's a it's like a physical experience in your body too a painful physical experience of feeling shamed Mm -hmm. and like that just goes to show how like powerfully damaging shame is yeah yeah, and I think especially to our heart center, like our heart can absolutely crumble under shame. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is another thing I wanted to say about the heart is that, yeah, it can, it because it feels, it's just the feeling center. It feels so deeply and so vastly that uh, an emotion like shame, man, it can just cripple your heart. And so sometimes when your heart is wanting to speak up and speak its truth and speak its desire and be known, and if our mind is afraid of that happening, our mind will shame our heart because our mind knows that our heart will crumble under the weight of that shame. And so sometimes parts of us know that we can shame ourselves into staying quiet. Mm -hmm. No shame on the shaming parts because like they are, they are thinking that they're, you know, the heroes here that are protecting you from this like big, bad, wild heart. Um, but yeah, that is a dynamic that can happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. What else? Okay, last thing I want to say about the body is... So this is my theory of the body. That our body... Well, as human beings, we are existing on two planes at the same time. The outer world and the inner world. Um, and our body is the only one of these intelligence centers that exists in the inner world as well as the outer world. Because I think our mind is more... Um, in the inner world, like our mind and heart and essence are more in the inner world. Our mind, like it has Mm -hmm. some attachment to the brain and all that, but it just seems like more often than not, we're talking about energies in the inner world, like parts exist in the inner world, Mm -hmm. but our body exists in the inner world and the outer world. So we, we have like two, if you can imagine this, we have two versions of our body that are kind of interposed on top of each other. We have our outer world body that has organs for instance and then we have our inner world body that has chakras that is more of our energetic body mm-hmm. yeah because the our outer world body has is basically a, an organism that's designed to stay alive mm-hmm. to keep going and mm-hmm. it has all it's got all these organs that all perform a function and perform chemistry they imbibe elements turn it into energy all these kind of things the mechanism of all of our biology lives in this outer world Mm -hmm. and it's you know for lack of a better word a a biological machine Mm -hmm. doing stuff Mm -hmm. in the inner world the chakras are like the energetic organs yes 
Yeah. 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 Tell and, us about that. Well, I mean, yeah, they're just our energetic organs. And, and so our body, like, it just cannot be separated from inner world to outer world. Like, they both connect. So our body is the portal from the inner world to the outer world. Because our body, like, holds both. So, like, what affects us in the outer world? So, like... Um, I'm going to BRB real quick. Yeah, sure. I can blow about this. So, um, if we're holding trauma and pain and harmful energies in our body, in the inner world, that um, can definitely, there's lots of evidence that that can show itself and express itself in the outer world through, through physical symptoms. Um, and so through, through our body, we are uh, expressing our inner world. And vice versa is true. Like if you've ever been hung over, you know that, you know, your physical body being worn down has definite uh, repercussions to your parts and your inner world and how you experience your inner world. Um, so the, the body exists in both planes. And also, this is the other thing I want to say about the body is that the body has is really 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 good at helping us access unconscious information and unconscious parts of us um the body stores are a lot of unconscious information um and so the the body uh like when we really get into releasing things releasing trauma from our body our mind actually doesn't have to know what the hell is going on. Like it doesn't actually have to be a cognitive process. We cannot know exactly what released. Um, because our body works on such an unconscious level. Sometimes the, and the mind works on such a conscious level. Mind is not great at accessing unconscious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it protects itself from it quite a, quite a bit actually. Uh, so if there's something unconscious happening, that is not the time for your mind to try to figure it out. Not the time even necessarily for your heart to try to figure it out, but to go into your body and start learning the language of your body. That's why breath work is such a powerful thing when you express or start to empower the body through breath. It allows the mind, it allows like the connection to kind of clear Mm -hmm. and can be this is something i experience a lot with really strenuous physical exertion focusing on the breath and that inward outward exhalation and it allows the mind to not go into panic mode Mm -hmm. because the mind's trying to figure out okay we're in the body's in distress the body's gotten itself into the situation and it's shutting down and it it's it, it can't take any much more of this and then there can be a part of your body you connect with with the breath work yes yeah and it's just like nope in and out and in and out and it simplifies it yes oh i love that yes absolutely so yeah um what about this last one, baby? What about the essence? Yeah, our essence. Yeah, so um, 
Our essence is here to love the other intelligence centers. Our essence has no agenda other than to love our parts, to love our body, to experience this life with them, um, to help them heal, uh, or to help them to, to, um, what do I want to say? Because that can be synonymous with fixing your parts. Your essence is not interested in fixing you or even really changing you. If your parts exist how they exist forever, that is perfectly fine with your essence. Um, because your essence, like the inherent worth of your, of your humanity, of your parts, your inherent worth is so obvious to your essence. Like your essence has a higher opinion of your parts than your parts do of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I say like your, your essence is here to love your parts first and foremost, and it's invested in their continued freedom to experience more and more of that love. So like to help your parts heal, what I mean is, um, to stay present with your parts and, and, uh, help like help them dissolve the blockages that get in the way of them receiving more love and experiencing more love. Right. To me, the image that's kind of coming is that your essence is the way that it loves your parts is by holding space for your parts to see themselves. Oh, yes. It's almost like a mirror of... Yeah, to see their true reflection. To see their true reflection and to mm. ask the question like, who are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not even a question. Of, it's not even really a question. It's like a statement of like, mm -hmm. who are you? Because mm -hmm. your essence knows. Your essence knows. Yeah, your essence, your essence doesn't really know the difference between truth and lie. It only knows. It only knows knowing. I think, or something like that. I don't know. My essence can tell when I'm lying. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe that was a little bit. But I, I see what you mean about like it just knows. Like yeah. it's just it's just a knowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our, our essence will never abandon our parts. It yeah. can't. And our, our essence is big enough to witness any of the pain that our parts have gone through, no matter yeah. how heinous our essence, our essence is the only intelligence center that can actually help the other intelligence centers on a internal healing trauma level. And it can never be like diminished. It can never be damaged. It can never be diminished. I think the thing that, and this is kind of my point of view, um, the your essence is like your pure power but the reason why it can be sometimes hard is because it does not use force it mm -hmm. will not force itself yes and that's part of its power and that's where like that's why it's such a pure powerful part yes. of you because power is the knowing the truth uh -huh. being the example and so that's why through IFS, they describe that you have to ask your part to give space, to to step aside, to allow, um, you know, self to come forward in kind of the same way of like, it's always there, but your parts do use force. Your parts can be yeah. very, very forceful. 
Yeah. Very so demanding. Your parts might only know force at first. Right. And a lot of the times that's why they're so exhausted or why they're, they're oh, struggling so much. Isn't that so true? Baby, I love what you're bringing to this. Hell this yeah. is some good shit. Because force has to be sustained. Yes. And force only works because it is um, kind of a lie. It's uh-huh. tyrannical. It is. Versus power exists basically because it is it's it's just pure mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's kind of the thing when you experience a powerful person you're just like wow they made that look so easy whatever they did mm. and it's like yeah your essence like works effortlessly yeah but it will also not get in the way of your parts no but it will be there for them when they're ready to see themselves truly that's right that's so right it it, our essence will be there for our parts when our parts have exhausted themselves and can't find the answer and finally turn to something bigger than them right yeah and like you know if you think about the the five was it five c's or seven c's eight c's eight c's (laughs) jesus um you know curiosity compassion confidence all these things that are just these powerful expressions of your true self Mm -hmm. they all spring from your essence Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of your parts can be empowered by your essence i feel like your heart can can really ally with your essence yeah because your heart gets it I think your heart has some some sense of the concept of power versus in, instead of force. And like we were talking about, like your heart is the the nexus point where your essence comes forward from. Uh-huh. Yeah. At least that's my theory. Yeah. But I, I, but I that's what I too. experience. Yeah. yeah. And that's I what I've heard other people talk well. about too. That's what I've heard Dick Schwartz talk about in his own way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the only limitation that I can really think of for our essence is that it needs our parts and our body to participate as a human. Mm-hmm. Like it is in the inner world. Um, and so like it came here to be with our parts and with this body. It came here to love these parts. It came here to love this body. It came here to, uh, it came here as a companion for our, um, yeah, for our, so our parts don't have to go through this life alone, even when we are physically alone. I remember hearing, I think it was in, I can't remember which one of, I can't remember if it was Dick Schwartz's book or Frank Anderson's book where they describe the self as kind of like your emotional immune system where it's there to help heal the things that need healing. Wow. That's such a great way of putting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not a perfect analogy because you're um, like in your body, your immune system is a very aggressive thing that like recognizes threats and goes to work oh that's true yeah that's a good point but because your self will not do that no your essence does not like go after what is um what you're struggling with Mm -mm. 
but it will be there when you're ready to ask it, ask it for its advice. Yeah, when you're come ready to, to terms listen. with that struggle. Yeah, 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 when you're ready to see the truth about that struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Your your essence is the ultimate ally. Yes, and we all have access to it. Yeah. We all do. It's so the the way our parts our parts are gonna hate this. Our my mind parts especially. The way to access more of our essence empire, the empire of our essence, is to allow more space for it to exist. It's it is a process of subtraction, not addition. Not trying to pull our essence into like, you know, co- like coming closer. Our parts first have to step back. And so our essence can can shine forth. And man, that can be really hard. So I, I don't know if we want to, we probably don't want it to get into this on uh, this one, but there's all kinds of reasons why our intelligence centers will resist our essence. Mm-hmm. All kind of reasons. So All kind of reasons. Yeah. What's like three reasons? Um, well, our mind in particular will not go to our essence because in our essence won't let them put up with or won't put up with their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like our, our essence is where our illusions go to be revealed, where the lies we believe about ourselves and the lies we spin go to be unraveled. Mm-hmm. Our mind is not a big fan of that sometimes. Like our essence is where we go for our blind spots to be revealed and our mind that's so uncomfortable for our mind. Yeah, because there's, there's definitely a process when like parts hold beliefs that they hold because that was the solution that they came up with to survive. Mm-hmm. And being stuck in, back in that past experience, literally being stuck in the past and not being able to be present uh, with the rest of these kingdoms, mm-hmm. they sometimes, they have to be convinced. Yes. Or shown that like, no, 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 like the threat has passed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And another reason why um, I think this can apply to our heart and our mind. I think our body, I don't know if my body, if I don't, I don't, I think my body always enjoys my essence. I don't know if my body empire resists my essence as much. Maybe my horny parts, like if they're really, they're really on one or if I'm feeling like a rage, deep rage in my body. Yeah. Um, I feel like it doesn't want to, yeah. it doesn't want to bother with the essence. It doesn't, it just wants to be primal and earthy and human. It doesn't want to partner with, you know, some divine knowing as much rage. Yeah. Rage is a, is a wild aspect of, um, these kingdoms because rage, I feel like, your mind can't handle rage. Mm-mm. It's not logical. Yeah, there's there's no part of your mind. It's usually either when the mind finally is able to like yell loud enough to say like stop. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you go into a rage, like a, bl- a like a blind rage is literally that where like you're not thinking, you're just you're an, an, you're wild. You're an animal. Yeah, yeah, you're feral. Um. And I think your heart and your mind can kick you out of rage. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, that if you've ever had a tam- temper tamper, tam- ugh, come on, tongue, temper tantrum, or like just gone into crazy about something, there's always that moment when you like the sound returns to your head and you're just like, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh-huh. And your essence is always there to be like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And like, I know, you know, you did something wrong mm-hmm. or like, you know, that like, that this isn't the help. only way. This yeah. isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your essence is always there just to kind of, it's not to judge or like, no, really do anything, but it's just there with you. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm here. Yeah. And like, I can help you with that if you'd like. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to touch on two other two other reasons why our other intelligence centers will resist our essence. Yep. Um, another one is because, especially for those of us who had, who have experienced um, some trauma, especially in childhood, um, we our parts might have noticed the more that we exhibit our essence, the more we exhibit our innocence, the more we exhibit our um, peace and just that divine knowing that peace that transcends all understanding. And the more that we, we express our essence, the more we became a target to our abusers and oppressors. Yeah. And so our parts can actually be very, very terrified of allowing us to, um, get close to our essence or express our essence because it, our parts can associate that with, with abuse. Mm hmm. Oh man, that's rough. That is, oof, mm-hmm. that's so rough. Um, an- the last reason that I want to say this is more in the in the heart intelligence center that the- I find this happens, um, and that is our our parts. If if there's been any sort of neglect or um, abuse from our parents or from people who were supposed to love us our parts can have a massive mistrust of our essence Mm -hmm. to be like, I've been abandoned by people who are supposed to love me before, or I've been hurt by people who are supposed to love me before. So like what makes you any different? Mm -hmm. And so it can, it's a whole process of helping those parts understand that this is, this is not our essence is not mommy or daddy. Mm -hmm. Like our essence is a different kind of love. It's a new kind of love that we've never experienced before. It's, it's a new thing. Mm hmm. And it's, it's kind of a surrender for those parts, too, to realize that your essence couldn't do anything because it does not do things. Mm-hmm. It does not force itself upon, mm-hmm. but it was there with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was another theory that I had learned from my therapist, actually, that um, we didn't, when we were younger, we didn't have the quite the hardwiring for our mm-hmm. essence like for the software of our essence yeah i've I, dick schwartz talks about that in his does book he, too, yeah how, like children don't quite have access to self as much as mm-hmm. you know teenagers and adults do yeah and so as children we relied on other people to be our parents you know to our caregivers to be our essence for us mm-hmm. and man that that just like adds the trauma because like we needed them to be in self energy and if they were abusing us man that's hard 
I mean, even if you have like halfway decent parents, like mm-hmm. that's <laughs> yeah, still not quite very good. Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> why nobody nobody makes it out of childhood unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet yeah. deal. Okay, Jordan actually, James. last thing that I wanted to say about the All essence. Right. Um, so Dick Schwartz also talks about uh, how our self or our essence can um, can be a being like a present being that like speaks words to you or, or like communicates with you is, and you can experience yourself as like, yes, I am. Oh, I'm, I'm myself right now. Um, and it can also just be this energy mm-hmm. that is around. It's so Dick Schwartz talks about how it's kind of like a, um, a light particle, how it's sometimes a particle and sometimes a wave. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what our essence can be like. So, so with these four intelligence centers, with these four kingdoms, Sometimes it might look like there are four intelligence centers working together. And sometimes it might feel like there's your heart, mind, and body working together. And there's just this energy, this like loving energy that is present all throughout and connects and is connecting all of them. Mm-hmm. So like our, our essence is a little bit of a different intelligence center in that way. It's not necessarily a solid. It can, it can just become an energy as well. So what a journey of discovery we've been on. Yeah, y'all. I hope that was good for you because this is this is some real stuff. This is this yeah. is um this is kind of where our mission starts is to help spread this this yeah. learning and this understanding. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say is in these last few moments, how does this relate to relationship? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Well, the a little bit about masculine feminine polarity. Like I think the masculine feminine polarity is um like when you're in your masculine polarity, like there is some alignment that happens with your heart, but also it's more of a mind like your mind is present. Your mind is conscious. Mm-hmm. And when I'm more in more of a feminine polarity, I think of it as like, yes, there's some alignment that needs to happen with my mind, but my heart is open. Mm-hmm. Like I think, yeah, it's, I experience my phone and polarity is more in my heart and more in my body. Mm-hmm. I think masculinity is definitely in the body too. Yeah. The masculine body is, is more of like presence in the body. Mm-hmm. It's like, how would you describe it? It's like a state of being in your body of strength and resilience of um yeah what would you describe that as it's kind of this i don't know strength keeps coming to my yeah my mind which is Make, a very makes sense. cliche thing but it's like it's the knowing that like your body is a powerful being mm-hmm. that can can do the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this there's a concept of like, you know, to be truly in your masculine, you need to be a dangerous like being. Mm-hmm. Which I think is is it's an interesting concept. I think I think I. I'm really getting on board with that, but it's the, it's the combination of the heart, the mind and the body that makes that 
be a truly powerful thing mm-hmm. of like, yes, you may have uh, a body that is is capable of being as dangerous, dangerous like um, weapon almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but your heart and your mind are the things that use that to serve, to yeah. create, to connect. To connect. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so hot. Yeah. Yeah. I love the masculine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I love the feminine. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a little bit, but yeah, it's, um, cause I think I'm realizing my mind parts can get resentful of if, if they're holding more of a container. Cause I think like I feel, I love my mind parts. My mind parts are so strong they i i love i love 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 my mind parts but um in our relationship i love existing more in my heart i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so kind of in relationship keeping an open perception of like where that energy is going in these different centers too Mm -hmm. and being able to communicate with these different centers of saying you know is your heart open or closed right now when you sense something disturbing going on Uh with like the female presence within you (laughs) yeah or like even in the masculine when you're like is there something that your heart is telling you that Mm -hmm. like you're not Allowing your mind to really perceive. Yes. Yeah. And the thing that also popped into my mind too is to help this. I hope this framework might help some dudes, some like, or, you know, masculine core people understand um, why when the feminine is speaking from her heart, she's not looking for a solution. Mm hmm. She's speaking from a very relational place that wants wants resonance from the relational place in you. Yeah, because I think that that really helps. At least it, it adds some clarity to me because I think it is your heart that speaks to say like, just listen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just listen. Uh-huh. Like be here to receive and like that your body is empowered to be that container of like yes you know that's why it can be such a powerful thing just to hold each other mm-hmm. when like somebody is you know in a uh you know a feminine space of like needing um needing to be chaotic yes yeah like crying after sex one of my favorite things to do now (laughs) because there it's just so like there's something so pure about it Mm -hmm. something so intimate yeah i mean um that's some of the safest that i feel ever actually in my life that's because i'm all juiced up at that moment my my body is like (laughs) such a i don't know primed container yeah Uh uh-huh love that nice nice so everyone, that was a little teaser. We'll definitely have to do more on like how how to wield these kingdoms for a better relationship. Yeah, there's sixty nine steps to sixty nine steps <laughs> to wielding your four kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. 
Yeah. yeah. That would be a fun podcast to do. Mm-hmm. If we make any list, it has to have 69 steps to it. Yeah, the, which makes lists hard because that's a big commitment. <laughs> well, you know what? So is 69. Maybe we could have 6.9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll break it down. It'll be 6.9 sp- is when the period gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was clever. Um. So, yeah. Any last thoughts, Jordan James, or should we put a bow on this one? I think let's put a bow on this one. All right. We're wrapping the ribbon around this one, everybody, oh. and putting our finger on it so that the other person can tie it into a bow. And yay. I really enjoy this one. This one was fun. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. Thanks for being into this. I just, I cannot believe that I have a partner that is into this and that I know I say this to you all the time, but I want to go on air and say it that it's so awesome that I'm with a partner who not only like understands my weird inner world language, but can like throw it back to me with new insights that blow my mind do you add to it like what the fuck i did not know like that men like you existed well speaking for men there's a lot of men like me that exist out there yeah it's uh just allowing ourselves to be that yeah and recognizing that we can yeah which is part of your work (sighs) that is my work i'm coming for you guys yeah so fucking Open your heart. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay. Shut up your damn mind and open your heart. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, till next time, this is the Hardest Muscle Podcast. And we love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Hardest Muscle Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, we've got a great way for you to find some more content. Yeah, so we've got bonus episodes and live Ask Me Anything and some awesome merch available for our Patreon supporters. If you want to learn more, you can check that out at patreon.com slash the heart is a muscle. If you'd like to connect more with Joseph, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook at the one and only Joseph. That's T-H-E, the number one, A-N-D-O-N-L-Y-J-O-S-E-F. Yay. Yay. If you want to connect more with me, Jordan, um, you can find me on Instagram uh, at just Jordan James. I spell my name J-O-R-D-I-N. So at just Jordan James. See you there. See you later.